Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and this was an absolutely outstanding conversation with a longtime friend, Jan van Berkel. Jan's story of perseverance is just all time. You know, he was in the sport of triathlon for 15 years and finally won uh, the Ironman Switzerland. He then went on to win it four times. Um, I just love that story. He never gave up. He endured exactly like this show is about. He endured one moment longer. And I just think it was absolutely fantastic. He recently retired um, and he retired actually winning his fourth Ironman in Ironman Switzerland, which I thought was a really wonderful way to go out. Um, you got to enjoy this, this episode. It was absolutely amazing. Jan is now working for a company called Mover Fitness. It's an app where you get rewarded um, with, with points um, for when you work out and you can use those points to go buy either products or entries to events and all sorts of things. So go check it out. That's Mover, M-U-U-V-R, Fitness. Um, very cool product. So go check it out. Go download it, support uh, Jan that way. Um, I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. Speaking of success, have you ever tried fast food? It's a high-performance fuel made from 100% real food. No more bloated feelings or crashes. With their unique optimal energy release system, you get consistent energy. Dive into their Galacto Gel, Galacto Gummy, or the Hydrator and taste the real difference. Give them a go and let me know what you think. You can write me on any of the social platforms. I'd love your feedback. You're out there training hard and racing, and I want to know how you feel on fast food. And remember, your mission is fast food's mission, so don't miss out. Today's guest, well, he's a powerhouse in the world of triathlon with an incredible journey that's seen him transition from in the intensity of the Olympic dreams and to dominating the, the Ironman and Ironman 70.3 circuits. His story is just one of perseverance, persistence, passion, and triumph. From the heartbreak of narrowly missing the Olympic qualification to scaling the heights of Ironman Switzerland, which he won in four different occasions. Amazing. He's a testament to endurance, physical, mental, and just what he can achieve. Unbelievable. And he embodies the true mantra of the show, which is success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. We've been mates for many, many years. We trained together in, in Noosa, well, 10, 15 years ago. And it's been just so great to just watch him become the man he's become. So it's me with great pleasure to welcome to The Greg Bennett Show, Good mate of mine, Jan van Berkel. How are you, mate? Hey, Greg. It's been a pleasure to be here. And uh, actually, it's 15 years ago since we trained together, not oh 10. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Time flies. You're aging both of us, mate. Isn't that incredible? 15 years ago. So what are we talking about? 2008 we were training together? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I've been to Sydney just uh, re- uh, this year back. And yeah. I had the flashback when... We stood next to each other on the World Champ Series 2011. Uh, That's right. I I was wondering when we – I was trying to look at the results and things and going, did we race each other very much? Well, we both had to scroll down uh, (laughs) fair. If you want to see us. uh, Yeah, that's a whole whole different story. I remember, you know, training with you in Noosa and you were so fast. 
you were so fast in the pool. Remember, like in the pool, yes. <laughs> but uh, I never, <laughs> I was never able to translate it into like the open water into the ocean. That's why yeah. training you guys in Noosa was really good. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I always say like for for the Australians, it's like they look at the ocean and they see stuff it's the way like we look at the mountains here in switzerland and we see uh, where not to go because of the avalanches and uh so <laughs> I mean, unfortunately that's not an advantage you can use in triathlon but uh yeah i mean it's uh it's been an awesome time obviously yeah and so wow it goes back to 2008 mate and honestly we were just chit-chatting very briefly before i hit the record button and you know i've been just such a fan of yours for for so long um, and watching you persevere, you know, is, is probably an appropriate word in the sense that you, you know, you, you were trying to find your way, you love the sport and you were trying to find your way and get to the Olympics. And then you, you transitioned over to the long course, had some great success early, but then really, I mean, in Switzerland to win the, the Swiss Ironman four times and just watch this journey of yours to now, Recently retiring, just this year. I want to cover it all in this next hour of conversation. Um, but first, I just want to get that out there and say massive congrats to an outstanding career. And I'm always fond of people that I feel like that don't give up, that keep trying, and they truly optimize what they have and can give to the sport. And, and I think you really did that, mate. So just massive congrats. It's beautiful to hear from you. Thanks a lot, yeah. yeah, mate. And, and now married kids, how many kids you got now? Two. And that's, that's enough. Two and done. <laughs> Two and done. So I hear you. Friday, we're recording on a Friday and Friday, uh, <laughs> it's my day off from work and I, I take care of the kids and, yeah. uh, be totally honest with you. I'm not really sure if I'm uh, <laughs> more tired after today than um, after a normal day in the office or um, before uh, during Ironman training. Yeah. I know, isn't it funny? Everyone's like, "Yeah, day off yeah. work to look after the kids." I'm like, uh, "No, I'd rather work all day." Trust me. I mean, I love my kids. Don't get me wrong; they're they're, they're awesome, and I'm sure you do too. But it's it's work, mate. I, I tell you, yeah, yeah. it's a uh, it's fantastic, and and it is. It's it's a Friday evening for you. Um, I I appreciate you spending time with me just to to chat um and, and when did you get married and and um that? we got married on uh, 2018 uh, so just a week after ironman switzerland and i that was the first year actually i won the race and yeah uh, getting married and winning the, the like the, the race of your dreams um uh in one week was 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 pretty pretty awesome i would say that week was uh an emotional uh, highlight of my year, def- definitely. Yeah, and you and your wife was also a champion athlete in her own right. Correct? Well, I mean, also is I mean, uh, luckily I was able to catch up a little bit the last couple of years with a couple of wins. But I mean, <laughs> my wife was a European champion in uh, figure skating and is a four-time Olympian wow. and athlete of the year in Switzerland. So I mean, yeah, it, I, I'm, <laughs> there is this. There's nothing about sports in our house when you get out of the basement, um, ex- except for the uh, athlete of the year awards, you know, because this is like personality. It's yeah. not just sports. Yeah. And for me, it's also a little reminder that I'm number two in the house. Yes, <laughs> but, I get it, know, mate. I get uh, it. <laughs> it's inspiration to be uh, around her. And I think that's what we all are looking for in the end. I mean, uh, yeah. it doesn't matter figure skating, art, 
painting or music or triathlon. I mean, it's just uh, really fascinating. And it's also one of the things I love to be, I love to experience during my career, just like uh, being close to people of excellence mm. and, and actually having, I'd say, the right to contact them and they take you uh, serious and they ex- start to exchange with you. And it, it's, it was, it is so inspiring. And yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, I have my wife at home, which is uh, inspiring me every day and uh, before as an athlete and now as a mom. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, we, we're very fortunate uh, with two healthy kids. Yeah, right. so um, I'm very happy. Well done, mate. Well, well done. <laughs> I want to, you know, today, like I said in the intro, I first and foremost just want to catch up and have a bit of a banter with you. And um, but but secondly, you know, I really want to sort of dive into your career, um, you know, and, and rewind the clock and 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 hear your story. Then I want to sort of talk about you know your move and and your retirement from sport um, and what that's been like. Uh, for some people, it's easier than others, but I'm, I'm curious for you, and I want to know what you're up to with with the company uh, Move. Is it just Move? Uh, it's M U U V R. So yes. uh, uh, I just want to make sure I Mover, Mover, or just Move. Mover, Mover, Mover Fitness. Um, so yeah. I want to hear more about that. But and then I want to, you know, we can have a bit of banter about the sport of triathlon, where it's at, and everything else. And I love to get some opinions. Don't provoke me. (laughs) I'll be provoking, mate. There's going to be some real provoking it uh, towards the end of the show. But right now, what I want to do um, is is rewind the clock uh, and get to know Jan van Berkel and and where did he come from? Where did you find your your passion for sport, uh, in particular triathlon? And, And let's go through your journey a little bit. Yeah, so I grew up in the same small village as Nikola Spirik, the Olympic ah, champion. I didn't know that. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So this is basically, you know, in the Swiss culture, and I would say I'm very traditional Swiss from the family, even though my name is very Dutch. Um, like it's sports is like what you do next to school, mm-hmm. what you do next to your job. It's it, it, in difference to Australia or the US where you're like, I want to be an Olympic champion. I mean, mm-hmm. this is usually you don't say that in Switzerland. You are like, you want to be good at sports, but like you want to exceed, uh, succeed in school or in a job and education always comes first. And this is also in my family, it's the case, but, um, Still, high performance sports, and then also especially triathlon, never was this this um, thing that no one does that only people and at the TV do. That usually it is a bit in Switzerland because there was someone in our village we knew, we saw her train every day, and we knew this is a path you can um, follow. And uh, so this is how I got into triathlon. Uh, Nicola was in the same school, same village, and yeah, and. All of a sudden, I was there riding her bike at the Swiss, uh, former bike at the Swiss Championships and getting second without much training. <laughs> and uh, I, I realized this is something I really like. And um, I got beaten by the by the the girls in spr- sprints, uh, so I knew that's not my genetics. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so. I think that was that, that's that's really how I got into tr- into the sport and. Um, just as I said before, it's really it was very natural. So my both my parents they were not athletes. They uh, they just 
thought it's good for their kids to be active and be outdoors and uh that's how uh i found my way into the sport yeah and you you go i mean you say your parents weren't athletes but your sister was also an olympic swimmer Um, she's a olympic swimmer she she was uh, swimming 200 meter butterfly she swam in uh at bond university uh with uh Uh, what what's uh, the the the, soup, the famous coach again? Is it Dennis uh, Cottrell? Cottrell, exactly. Yeah, yeah. With him, and uh, I think people who know him and know how he uh, coaches, it's my 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 sister really like uh, blossomed there uh, under his training. Mm. She was lonely, but like that's how we work. We we are both like we we didn't have the, the most talent, but we endured. And just as you said at the mm. intro, um, I loved the sport and I took my time and uh, I didn't lose faith you know I mean mm. if you look back when we met in Noosa I mean to be totally honest if I was a manager and who would have had to hire someone the next guy winning Ironman Switzerland I would not have hired myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, uh, and, but still I endured you know and yeah. Um, yeah. I think that runs in the family that i mean this is not not in sports but my father he he worked really hard his whole life as a pilot and um my mom is was always working hard at home plus a, a normal job as a teacher so we got the value of hard work from mm. home i would mm. say yeah well it certainly paid off mate it's one of those um i i think i really enjoy these stories of perseverance um <clears throat> you know I even look at some of the, the great athletes I've had on the show, whether it be Craig Alexander, Jan Fredino, um, you know, who we put up there in the conversations of some of the all-time greats to ever do the sport. And everybody forgets the five to ten years they did before they had any success. They had yeah. little, little tastes. Um, but honestly, it all came much later in their career. And, you know, I think especially in an endurance sport like triathlon, we quite often hear these stories of the Jan van Berkels that just did their time. They paid, the, they paid their dues. They hung in there. They never knew if, you know, these big titles were coming. Like you never know, right? You, you're doing your best. You love the sport. And I think that's it. You love what you're doing. You love the sport. You love the training. You love the people. You want to be around it. And so you just keep turning up. Um, yeah, I don't love it that as much as Cam Brown does because <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think any of us are matching Cam I Brown love him because like I so, so much respect we raised each other this year in Topo, but like yeah, I mean I loved it, but still it's I, at one point it's also good that it's over now. <laughs> yes, mate, it's good when it stops. I know. I, I I have actually said to people I never actually loved swimming, biking, and running. Like I. I like to play sports like tennis and soccer and ball sports and teams and, you know, and end up doing swimming, biking and running. I love triathlon and I love the people and I love the pats on the back when I'm doing well. Don't get me wrong. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to shy away from that. That was another big thing I enjoyed. But I don't know. I never, I was never somebody that when I hung up the swimming, biking, running laces, however you want to put that, it was like, oh, I can't wait to go out and train the next day. That wasn't me. That was not me. Yeah, uh, well, not, I mean, maybe we're going a bit too, too fast, but like now after like being retired, I I feel like there is a monotony that really helps like to clear your thoughts mm. in a 
sports. But on the other hand, I mean, now it's five months since my retirement and I swam, swam eight case total. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it says it all. Yeah, swimming. Yeah. Well, I think it's been eight years since I retired and I've swam maybe 8K <laughs> since I retired. <laughs> that was the first one. I'm like, okay, I think I'm done. I think, I think the swimming, Laura still swims a little bit, but oh, no. If I'm down in Noosa in the open water and, and catching waves, that's different. But yeah. swimming in a pool, that wasn't. Yeah. 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 Well, mainly because we've been swimming for so long. When did you start swimming? Yeah. I mean, not soon enough. (laughs) (laughs) But you were so quick over the 50 and 100. I remember you were dropping like under a minute for the 100 freestyle. Remember that? You were really quick. Yeah, I remember, but I also remember us watching Javi Gomez and just doing the 30 and uh, it's just like on the 1500. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I I recently trained with him in Tierra Nevada and we we remembered that story of us uh, watching him in the pool i'm like yeah i just i just like that's that's not never going to happen (laughs) were you there that day where we we'd done was that the day we did a long run in the morning and then we went straight to the pool and we, yeah, and then we saw him and he just said, like, ah, just do two by 1500. Yeah. We said, oh, we, did, we all did 2K easy recovery swim. And he said, oh, I might just do a 1500, turn the arms over, I think he said. Yeah. yeah. And then we look, kept looking at the clock every time he flipped and he was holding 106s, 107s. We're like, <laughs> 50 meter long course, by the way, everyone listening. Yeah. yeah. He's like, and then he sort of just did them and then popped up. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's also like one of, I mean, I remember, I mean, looking back now, uh, what, what I've, what I've learned, like, first of all, you, you got to know, I, I started to realize where my limits are, you know, mm. I mean, this, mm. I'm not one of those mutants that is just going to, uh, I mean, at the same time, Holly was doing the six by 10, 10 by one case on the track at 240 and stuff like this. Mm. I knew that I have my limits, but at the same time, I really believed in myself and I knew that I, I can work really hard for very long, you mm. know? So, mm. And, um, yeah. So 2012, when I missed out on the Olympic selection, um, I, I uh, entered for Ironman Switzerland because it was always a dream of mine to race it once. I, I basically grew up on the course mm. and uh, I was super fit. And I said, well, now it's now or never. So, I mean, you're super fit and why don't you do it? Eight weeks time of prep was a bit short, but I realized this is, this is what I love. I mean, racing, I would say against myself. I mean, obviously Ironman became a race against others too, like mm. especially the last couple of years, but like in 2012, it was, if you did well for yourself, you did well in the Ironman, end mm. of story. And you still do, but it's more racing now. But well, yeah. look at what you did with your first one out. <laughs> you went and got second to the one of the all-time greats, Ronnie Sch- Schnupfneck. I can never say his name. Apologies, Ronnie. I, Just say Ronnie. Yeah, I know, Ronnie, but for people listening. But how many times did he win Switzerland um, Ironman? I think was nine or eight times i don't remember yeah. Yeah. you didn't I mean, you didn't feel tempted to try and keep going to take on his record mate well i could say i have four i had one year with covid and i have one year where there was no mail race so there would be six but ah oh, there we go we're getting close Woulda, coulda, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, i mean i did the day before i retired yeah i said you know i have three wins now and Absolutely no one, and especially me, is going to care if it's three or four in 15 years, you know. But I I could have very, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> it could have very well been the case 
that I retire as the guy who always got second in Zurich and will never appear on the Greg Bennett show. Mate, well, <laughs> so, that, that is far and, uh, from the truth, mate. The the fact that you – well, I love the fact that you, you miss out on the Olympics just, yeah. right? I mean, you were uh, – it was a strong Swiss team too. Um, but then you quickly pivot. And this is one of my other favourite things is people that know how to adapt and pivot quickly. Uh, and to me – that's what great men, great champions, great women do is the ability to, to have a circumstance happen that often isn't how we had hoped or planned or dreamed, but then to take action and keep moving and pivot and adapt. And you did that with eight weeks. You turn up, you get second at, at your first ever Ironman with a really solid performance, you know, an 8.32 Um you say you're not a swimmer. You, you you went under 50 minutes for the swim there and, you know, still a solid bike and then a solid marathon to finish off. It was solid all around. It, it was very solid, but also like afterwards, I mean, I I really, I would say I got second. I It was this promise of like, so you're the next big thing in our Swiss Ironman racing. And I mean, it took me six attempts to win the first time. And I mean, again, you could say, well, the positive thing is that I didn't give up. And uh, during that time, uh, I think the, the most important thing was having people around me that are super, super honest. I mean, mm. I would say the biggest, my, I think my, my biggest fans are also my biggest critics, my wife and my sister. Mm -hmm. And um, they made me if, uh, find a good coach. And uh, he was a good uh, guest with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it comes out again uh, on Monday. Oh, well, you, you'll be a couple of weeks later, but coming up this Monday, he's coming oh, okay. up. Yeah, so yeah. people listening, it was a few weeks ago. But yeah, Dr. Yeah. Dan Plews, he speaks so fondly of you, um, you know, and, and I think like we talked about earlier, your, your willingness to do the work, your willingness to be patient. Um, but when you, when you look back then, you know, you have a look at you, your career. You spent many years in the ITU circuit or the World Triathlon Circuit, it's now called. And, you know, you gave that a really good nudge, but it was this transition to Ironman. Was it then when you kind of realized, okay, actually I have some ability at this long course? Were you getting more positive feedback? I know you said it took six years to win Switzerland Ironman, but your performances are, are pretty solid. You raced a lot of Ironmans. I was got to say, I, I counted them up. You were busy. Yeah, and I, I also realized on tri rating, I go, wow, there was quite a few Ironman. It, it's like, it's wonders of the human uh, brain. It makes you forget. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like, but did you realize, okay, this is the direction I need to go? And, um, and, and what were your ambitions at the time? You know, you, re you realize, okay, maybe this longer, this longer events is the direction I'm going to go. Yeah, so I mean, I grew up on the course. My gra in Zurich, my grandma lived on the course, and um, I that was it was very clear. I remember, like as a small boy, watching the racing with Olivier Bernhardt. Oh yeah, and um, our, was, our man from on. Yeah, yeah, Olivier Bern. I raced Olivier. <laughs> one a, day, yeah. one day, I want I, I I will do this race and I will do it under eight and a half hours. I just said, and I remember I said this as a small boy, and that that year Olivier won with eight thirty five. Mm -hmm. So I was like, uh, like I, I, this was one of the ambitions I had. I wanted 
I mean, as a Swiss, uh, even as a Zurich-raced uh, um, um, athlete, you wanted to win Ironman Switzerland in Zurich. And then there is also Hawaii. I mean, I remember you all when you mm. close your eyes, you see yourself running down Ali Drive mm. uh, with the tape still there, you know. And uh, I mean, I I always had this ambition and um, I, I narrowly missed out on the top 10. But um, that, that that was the thing I, I was I was looking forward to. I, w- I wanted to achieve. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. and always get. I knew in 2018 when I was on the start line. If if I'm not going to win it this year, then it's probably never going to happen because mm-hmm. I knew my shape was that good. And Dan was uh, was very confident in my numbers, and um, we knew like this year it has to happen. And um, so it, it, this was really, uh, this is really big for me. That was really big, the first win. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, I remember, yeah, so you, you won again Ironman Switzerland in uh, 2018 after being third in 2017 and third, and third again, in, it was in 2016 and second in 2015. I mean, you, you've been punching there for, for many years, you know, and you're tasting it, right? <laughs> it's so close. Yeah. And then... You know, let's fast forward a little bit. That first win, 2018 Ironman Switzerland, home crowd, home, like you said, the race that you, you kind of wanted more than anything um, and a solid, a solid win. You know, you, you, you lay down a run there that outran the entire field. That, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, mate, what was that feeling like running down the finishing line that year? Uh, I mean, I remember I had friends everywhere and i i knew they they had they felt the same way they knew they felt it from from me i i knew this is going to be my year uh, and mm. if he's going to make it today and i had like like my my wife uh, was living just like on the course uh, that year and they had all the friends there and it's like they ran next to me when I took the lead. I remember on kilometer 28, mm. I took over the lead and they ran next to me because I didn't know the rules. <laughs> and then the referee almost gave me a yellow card. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I remember that. And it's just, yeah, the, 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 the main feeling was like, I always believed in myself. You know, this and... I I was able to. Pr- for me, it was no surprise at the end. Mm. You know, I, I when I look at the picture of this finish line, it was like I look at me in my eyes and I see not someone like pumping of joy, of like surprise or whatever. Just simply, I knew it. Mm, box ticked. <laughs> like yeah, mm. yeah. It's mm. just like I knew it, and uh, it's yeah. I mean, this is. In Zurich, I mean, you're you're the local hero, you know. Like mm. Afterwards, I mean, mm. you you didn't. You, we have also to be very honest. It's not Hawaii. I mean, but it was a high level. It's an Ironman, but at the end, it's not world champs. But still, you're the local hero afterwards. I mean, mm. and we get uh, into the national TV and everything. And I mean, it, it was also a bit. It was kind of cool, you know. Get of course, get into, uh, like this t- the taste of success. Mm-hmm. I mean of this really big success mm. uh, and to belong to the top athletes within Switzerland, 
throughout the sports was really cool. Yeah, right, so. Well, it's like, you, you know, even if you just look at that field, you know, you beat the names of Cam Worth, um, David Please, Ronnie was in there, Sven Riederer. Um, just, just a word on Cam Worth. The guy hit in the in the porta potty when I put uh, overtook him. I still, I still, he still owes me the feeling of overtaking him, and he knows it. <laughs> All right, Cam, mate. I know you listen to this show a little bit, so I think. Uh... I'm going to have to bring you back on the, actually, we were going to actually have him back on the show. He was actually my, he came out, yes, he was the first or second episode. I released three episodes four years ago on the same day, and I think it was well, him. It was a two-hour episode, right? It was a longer one. Um, <laughs> he, did, he rabbits on, doesn't he? Yeah, it was definitely two hours. Yeah. <laughs> him and Chris McCormack. Can't yeah, shut him up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, the, what, what an incredible feeling to make a mark that you can feel so proud of that you know that you put a lot of work into making that happen um, and get and the joy of being able to celebrate with family and friends on home soil. It, it's special, mate. It, you know, special. I remember, I mean, the, 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 the thing that makes it more special, I remember when I retired, like the big newspaper here had an article about my career and the first, the first uh, phrase was like they listed all the races where I <laughs> didn't succeed. So they were like, he didn't, oh, great. he didn't win there. He got second there. He gave up there. He DNF there. <laughs> and, and then he won, you yeah, know. And yeah. I think that's also why many people can relate with me or my career because, like, it's not this, this just, like, perfect, clean thing that just no. makes everyone, every race you win and you're the big like champion and the goat. No, I'm not, you know, I, I struggled and, but then I won and then I kept on winning. And that was, that's why people were able to relate to my success. Yeah. That's really cool. And if you think about it, you know, you started the sport when you're about 12 years old, right? Pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, I was looking on the, you know, the ITU, results and that's you, you start popping up around 2003 in the junior men type categories but i scroll and scroll there's a couple of podiums there there's a there's a there's a win in the world team world university team championships yeah. i scroll i scroll i scroll <laughs> i get up to 2011 and you win a pan american cup uh yeah. race in lima and then again in mazatlan then I scroll, I scroll, <laughs> then I move over to the PTO rankings, you know, we switch over to 2012 and I scroll and I scroll and we get to 2018 and you win and you win the big one for, for Switzerland. I mean, honestly, it's like, I love the story, mate. And then like you said, you won again the next year, you won again the next year, you know, we had COVID ruined it and then you won again for your, for your final last hurrah. Yeah. Um, I just think that story is one that gives us all that sense of hope, but also the, the knowledge that if you're passionate, that if you understand what your strengths are and play to them and you commit for a long, long period of time, magic can happen. And, uh, and when that magic does happen... You know, you're not an Alistair Brownlee or Javier Gomez that's, that's basically won their entire career. <laughs> you, you've gotten fairly used to not winning, to be honest. So when you get to win, 
it just, I don't know. I feel like that's even more special. I just think it's so fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really why my people were able to relate to yeah. uh, with, with, with my uh, success uh, towards the end of the career because, like, they just, yeah, I mean, first of all, I think uh, uh, I want to be very open about it. I, every, the young athletes and the parents of young athletes, they can count on whatever I succeeded uh, uh, achieved is possible without doping mm-hmm. um so I, I think that could give hope to many mm-hmm. <laughs> because like uh, um uh, so some parents are might, might be afraid to send their kids to high performance sports because of that mm. uh, what i have achieved is possible clean and i think a kid can have a lot of fun and exceed, achieve something in sports uh without it and second for those who don't win in the first attempt, I, I am the living proof that uh, sometimes it takes seven attempts. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, Well, I mean, look, it took Mark Allen seven attempts to win Kona, uh, Chris McCormack six or seven as well. Um, yeah. You know, it often, it often takes time. But when you, when you look back at your career, you know, which is a long career, you, you had a good 20 plus years um, of following your dream and your passion and, and commitment. What, you know, we've, we've touched on the highs and what were some of the lows and what were some of the lessons that you were taught, you know, through each of those moments? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the biggest low was obviously missing out on the Olympic uh, selection in 2012. Mm. And um, for, for me, it was, I mean, I was very young, but uh, like, I I found my way out of this hole through through the preparation into Ironman Zurich uh, eight weeks later, and for me that was really one thing teaching me for a very young age that like this time of loneliness like can really help. I think there is a lot of tendency to always discuss things with someone and have people around when you're not doing well, and you get this very like strict image of this is how something has to work if you're not and this is the solution blah 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 and for me 2012 I mean I was alone basically in the mountains preparing for Switzerland and looking from the outside everyone's like this guy is after his biggest defeat and now he's like burying himself somewhere in the mountain hat and um, so this was one lesson that I really took out is like listen to what you think is right and then also like stand for it uh when it doesn't work you know because like just as i said like i have this that's the second lesson i have you need really 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 open criticism within your team so i i have in my time met a lot of people that are very successful either in sports or in uh business and the tendency of the people around you becomes like you're good, you're awesome, you're doing great, and yeah, yeah, yes, 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 sayers. Uh, you say in German like they just say yes to whatever you say, mm. and you get less people that actually are open to cri- to criticize you. Mm. And I always kept this very open. I mean, I took then as a coach in 2016. That was when I was 30, and I had a coach telling me what to eat what to train and what to uh, measure every morning and every uh, every evening etc 
as an adult, you know, mm. I, I was like other the others uh, in this at that age they uh, have a family and they want to be their their own boss. And me, I hired another adult to tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like seeing it a, a very mm. in abstract form. And so I had my wife and my sister really telling me to my face, Jan, you're doing well. You earn a lot a good money with second, third, etc. But we know this is not what you want. You want to win and you need a coach. You're doing well, but you need a coach. Mm. And this just was in, in my face telling me you are not good enough, you know, but they, I was open to this. So this is two lessons that I think are the most important towards myself. Mm. And then I think sports really teaches you like when I now being in an office, it really, really teaches you that, input if you have an input in uh, on a person or not and another one the the reaction the output can be totally different mm. so i always i remember a former coach of mine john hellemans he always said you have the light reflect uh, that reflects from the water drop and it comes back in these rainbow colors and you from wherever you stand it has a different color the light that the, actually the same beam of light and this is how i see that i learned from sports that sometimes people they just react totally differently to the same input mm. and this is so fascinating and once you you see that under pressure in sports you can detect it quite easily in daily life mm. and it really helps you to 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 um, manage uh, yeah, the interaction with 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 other people, mm -hmm. and uh, and sometimes I would also say in the same manner. Also, we become very very good at reacting rationally in emotional situations mm. <laughs> as athletes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have an athlete at home as well, and uh, me here. But then, when you go outside and there is an emotional situation. As we all encounter in sports, I mean, you have a cramp or you have a flat or mm -hmm. whatever, it doesn't serve anything to freak out. You look for solutions, mm -hmm. and it gets this this mechanism gets so ingrained into us that we act the same way when we are somewhere else in a society. And the people they are not used to this. Mm. <laughs> they they uh, they come to me and it's like, but that that doesn't move you. I'm like, yes, it moves me, but what should I do? Should I freak out? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a good I, point. I, yeah. So, so what should I do? Should I cry as well? Is it then better? You know, like, no, we look for solution. Yeah. And um, yeah, so this is like the four things I really, I to to the outside, to the inside. And um, yeah, that I think are the main takeaways from, from my career. Mate, well, well said. I, um, firstly, I, I think that the idea of having coaches and mentors is something that we got to encourage all of us to embrace more, um, that it's not, you know, though you said I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mature older guy and here am I asking somebody else to run my life. But I think, I think it's so important. And, and one of the, the things I'm trying to be better at is to mentor others if I can but also to find mentors for myself. In the last sort of five, 10 years, I've, I've managed to get a, a nice group of people that speak honestly and open. Um, 
they all are men except for my wife, Laura, who <laughs> would be very honest and open with me. Um, I love when you talk about emotions. I, uh, it, it, it's funny. I think the, the longer you spend as an athlete, the more you become somebody that lives at neutral. Um, you, you never go too high, you never go too low, and you live in this, uh, this space where the vibration is not super high. You know, it's not like high and then low and high and low. You just, you live here. And I was even, even in business myself the last few years, I had uh, my business partner come up to me and go, Greg, you, you're always so even keel. Like, you know, this isn't, and I'm like, well, exactly like you said, well, well, no, it's like, <laughs> I'm not emotional. I, I've, I'm, I am an emotional person, but I've learned to manage that, emotion and adapt quickly and think okay what's next what can we do disability is awesome and we need to keep it but we have to be aware i mean especially now we have to be aware of it when we uh, are interacting with people that don't have our background Mm, that's a very good point that's a very good point and sometimes you get in trouble oops yeah (laughs) so mate you 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 go you decide to retire you decide to retire before winning right before winning your final race um but to win ironman switzerland as your final race um in a stellar fashion by the way um was that your fastest time 805 on the um, swiss course well, in, in switzerland yes but like yeah, I've been yeah. Faster, uh, outside of the country yeah like yeah. In, uh, yeah but what was that feeling like um you know knowing that you kind of it's kind of what everybody wants to do, you know, yeah. like go out yeah. with a bang, win the big one, win the, it's like, you got to do that. Um, yeah. you know, I think, I think yeah. Jan Fredino was hoping to do that in Nice. He didn't have that to finish off. But, I mean, take nothing away from Jan Fredino, but no. <laughs> I know, I know Jan and <laughs> it's also, but you got to do that. What was that like? Well, I mean, it was uh, my my wife actually almost did this well did the same so i mean i have a very good like example at home she won her european title after being like second and third and whatever a couple of times at home yeah. for her last like uh, appearance on the ice so i mean ice and that's why she is known in switzerland so people know her and everybody cried and blah 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 so actually i <laughs> i didn't <laughs> but I, but i still remember everybody i mean it is like swiss knowledge so like oh yeah beautiful day blah 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 so and i knew this is like that's kind of cool and i didn't i also honestly i'm not become i didn't become a millionaire like or, or very rich let's just say that with sports so it there was not a reason to like to squeeze this lemon to the last drop and like just stay in sports for as long as possible I knew that I wanted to finish my career at my own terms, like mm, mm. athletics level. Like I wanted to be on my top of my game. I didn't want to like be injured or, and just fight through injuries. I didn't want a sponsor that tells me to, my, you should start thinking about a real job. <laughs> and also not the family who was like, yeah. yeah, we support you, but like it might be time to move on now. I, this was the perfect time where I knew I can finish at home because we only have every second year a race in Switzerland. And um, then, 
yeah, I knew this year I still am on top of, I asked Dan last year in November, so what's, no, actually it was last year before Kona already, so what do you think, can I win Ironman Switzerland next year? And he said like, yeah, of course, I mean, and then I knew, so, I mean, I, I think he suspected that I will uh, come with the decision and he didn't even question it when I told him. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's just, just like finishing the career on your own terms. Yeah. That was, that was that was my main goal. And my wife just said one thing, just just don't, don't run after a result. You know, so I said it. I said I want to win for my last race. And that was the goal. But it was not like end of, it was like, end of story, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, and I, I touched up on it before, like on Saturday before the race, I knew like I, I had this, I have these three wins. I was able to like, uh, be an ambassador for Loreos, uh, um, raise money for Swiss kids, uh, so that are socially not able to do sports or financially. I was, I, I raised, um, uh, 70.3 with a mentally uh, challenged athlete in Switzerland. Uh, I coached him and I was able to leave traces in the sport, you know. And I mean, it didn't matter anymore if I win a fourth time or not. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the moment you realize, well, now it's, I, it didn't matter for my, for my career, but it did matter on that day. Yeah. No, of course. When you, when you race, you don't, you don't hop on a start line exactly. hoping for anything else. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So as soon as it doesn't matter anymore on that day, you mm. you should stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, and I was pissed off because it didn't work in St. George and Hawaii last year. So I knew I still want to do well, mm. but yeah, I mean, I could just see that there's things around that are interesting, that job, Jobs are open, and I want to do well in a second career. And it it starts to I start to feel a t taste of like, yeah, you should you should go after this opportunity next to sports. Nice, good man. And has there been any kind of regrets, or you you comfortable with the Zero. decision? I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, as you just said, I mean, winning at home. Then with everyone that actually supported me ever in my whole career there uh, on a beautiful day in the Swiss mountains. <laughs> I mean, it's just like <laughs> I honestly cannot think of anything that I would have liked to change. I mean, Dan and his family also being there, my coach for seven years. Yeah, tell me more about your relationship with Dan and, and, and you guys yeah. worked together for so long. And yeah, was, it's, yeah. In, in sports for seven years, having a coach is already quite a long time now. So it's, yeah. it's it was, and it started totally like I, want, I wanted to learn from him, from his low-carb, high-fat approach. So I think he was not really looking at taking on new athletes, but I approached him and I said, I want to co be coached by you when he was not that famous yet as the guy he is now. <laughs> and um, he was this obscure guy coaching rowers and doing this avocado diet. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that uh, I was super interested in everything. And I was his, uh, he was my teacher at the start. You know, he was like, really, he taught me what to do and I did it. And toward through, throughout the years, like for example, I did occlusion training. It's a just uh, for your listeners, just Google it. It's a long story, but it's a thing where you cut off your blood flow to the limbs and you train like this. Dan didn't want to implement it, but over the years he listened to me that I did it before, and we started working together as like 
And at the end, we were, when I decided that I'm going to retire, I was in New Zealand for four weeks and we were friends, you know, and it's, mm. it's, and it, that's, I mean, this is, I rem- when he took me on, he said, you know, I have this policy of no dickheads. <laughs> and, um, I, I remember that. And I think at the end is if you can really, and you spend that much time with your coach. I mean, he, I texted more with him than with my wife. Mm. So, I mean, this is hopefully this person is someone you like. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing I always tell my uh, young people when they come into the sports, I mean, Honestly, I mean, you need someone who is a good coach, but <laughs> it has to be a good person too. And I was, so, I'm so fortunate that Dan and his family they became friends, and uh, it's just this is, yeah, this is was just one part of the perfect picture of my last day, and it's, uh, it was quite emotional to have him around, and uh, yeah, just just really cool. That is really cool, and. Uh... Dan is one of the all-time good people. Um, you know, he's been on the show four times, maybe, maybe more. I don't know. He's been definitely a regular. I've definitely. A very small thing. He actually told me when I trained with him and Chelsea, you know, Jan, the one thing you don't have what Chelsea and I have is you haven't been on the Greg Bennett show. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now you can say, now yeah. you are done. Now you yeah. can tap now out. Can, now <laughs> I can retire. <laughs> so, no, no. That is so great. You guys are awesome. I mean, yeah, all of you. Actually, the, his most recent time on, we actually just celebrated his, you know, well, we spent a lot of time celebrating his incredible performance at Ironman California um, okay. with the age group where he went a 7.56. He, he acknowledges the swim was short, but, um, yeah, or fast. It wasn't short. It was downriver. Um, but anyway, mate, well, yeah, uh, big shout-out to you, Dan. Uh, I hope you're listening to us now as you're working out, hurting yourself or whatever you're doing. Um, but, mate, so this, let's move on. Retiring. Um, you got this opportunity with Mover Fitness. Um, tell me, what's this role like? What, it, what is your position? What's the company about? Tell us a, bit, a little bit about that. So Mover is an app that rewards you for your activities. Um, you, today, you get miles when you fly, you get points when you use your credit card or when you fill up your gas tank, mm. but you don't get anything uh, when you train, when actually you do something that's good for you. And um, so Mover uh, is an app that builds a whole new ecosystem on rewarding your activities based on heart rate. And um, you can then use the moves, the currency we Mm -hmm. give out to buy uh, equipment, gear, and um, enter for races, and um, enter for special events like things things only moves can buy. Interesting. And, um, so I am in business development Europe. So yep. I try to really uh, use my network that I built throughout the years uh, with the brands and the events and the athletes. And uh, we, yeah, that's uh, that, that's the role I have there. One of the co-founders, um, he also uh, he he made his money in finance and he's a funds uh, Ironman athlete. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he, I think looking at what you look for after a career. It's someone believing in you that you will one day be good at, uh, mm-hmm. at something uh, else as well. And um, he saw that in me. Um, 
he 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 told me like when I retired before you sign anything, um, let me know. Uh, I have a project, and um, yeah, we the, the app mover um, went live uh, a month ago. Okay, congrats, congrats, yeah. iPhone. So uh, just when I started there, we also went live, and yeah, I'm now looking forward to building the whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, we are not in the US yet, so I'm. We are in the UK and in Switzerland, but we try to grow as quickly as possible, and then one day maybe uh, make the leap uh, to you guys as well. Oh, we'll have to talk, mate, offline. Um, I've got some <laughs> ideas already. So you, I love the idea of collecting the points, the mover points, um, through activity, and then you partner with all these other different brands and, and events um, as a company. And so when, when I've collected my points, I can then go use them for whoever you're associated with. So, you know, I'm actually on the web. For the Swiss uh, uh, city marathon in Lucerne, but um, almost free um, for a certain period of time if you have trained enough. Yeah, yeah. So it's done off Uh, your training. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So, and you can... uh, uh, Buy the shoes you you destroyed while training. Yeah, through the points to the moves uh, we, you earn. And thing is, it's based on intensity, so it's not kilometers. So we are rewarding people that are uh, not fit uh, proportionally more than the super fit guys. So it's not like when you run twenty k's for you, that's like a daily business. Are you kidding, mate? I haven't run that far in that long. My point score will be through the roof. I'll be able to buy Zurich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially about people that are having difficulties to get off the couch and like yeah, yeah, I get like, it. We reward everyone, and this is really cool. And um, at the end, it's the same that I did. With sports, I try to uh, inspire people to have a healthy lifestyle and be active. And um, now I do it through Mover. Nice. And so for people in Europe and UK, how much is the app to to join? Um, At the moment, it's it's free of charge. There will be a, a... a subscription uh, model in a couple of years, but yeah. we are financing the model through. Wow. Okay, and- everybody. And it's not in the US, mate. You're killing me. Uh, yeah. Mate, yeah. we go to... Um- it's in the US as well, but it's not our targeted market. So, okay. Uh, oh, okay. You can, you can, you can get yeah. it still. And there is a gamification also with the avatar, which is Ready Player Me um, compatible, so you can take it into all the other ecosystems. You will get an NFT medal when you finish a special race. So we're also on the Web3 uh, level. And um, so it's, it's... I love it's, it. I love it's it. Really, the gamification it's... for the younger generation is there. Uh, you get the NFT medal hung on, around the neck of your avatar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it brings together the, the real world with the digital world. And I think that's where we need to go if we want to keep motivating the new generation to be active. Yeah, I think it's fantastic, mate. And look, I'm a big av geek. You know, I love all the credit cards and collecting miles and blah, 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 blah. You know, I've always been into, that's my little side thing I enjoy doing. You know, how many millions of miles we got here? What do we need to do that? You know, and, uh, but I love this, that it's, I think about the young kids or 
you know, that are struggling to figure out how do I buy that next pair of shoes? You know, the, yeah. these super shoes are now whatever, 250 bucks and dollars, I don't know, whatever, euros. And, um, you know, I don't buy them for myself, but it's one of those things, well, hang on, if I earned them through movement, now I feel I actually deserve them. Uh, yeah, and for brands, it's also the, the product is more emotionally loaded because you actually bought it through partially at least with your activities. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, I, I think I think that's really cool. And just thinking of the the tech space and um, you know get, getting people hooked. I kind of uh, it's one thing to hook people with them spending money, you know, but it's another when they spend their time and their energy into something. Um, you know, that's a bit what a lot of these uh, wearables do is kind of they get you with well, I've committed this much time and energy. I'm not going to stop now. Um, and I think you guys have a nice balance of all of that. So everybody go check out Mover. I'll make sure I mention that in the intro to the show too, because that's really cool, mate. I'm going to go check it out myself. All right, mate. Um, so yeah, mate, let's move on. Mover Fitness is absolutely amazing. Everyone should go check it out. Um, it, it just sounds absolutely brilliant. But I want to move on and talk about uh, some opinions in triathlon. Um, and the first one I want to ask you is your thoughts on Ironman moving the world championships between Nice and Kona. Yeah, I mean, I am a traditionalist when it comes to that part. I mean, I look forward to looking the spring, watching the spring classics on TV uh, in uh, Paris Roubaix or uh, Milano San Remo because you go to the Carrefour de l'Arbre or the the Pocho. Yeah, <laughs> and this is a big part of what uh, these races make make big and made big and. I see it very critical that Ironman is going to be able to, to build the same kind of mm. um, tradition in Nice. Yeah, it's it's. I'm a bit like you, but I, I do understand it, and I, I was never in the room with Ironman to know why. Um, it's funny. I had Simon Lessing on the show, and we were talking about it, and he made a good point. He said, "Look, you know, I think a world champion should just be a world champion, and you move it around wherever you want." And, I said, yeah, but it'd be nice to have at least go back to Kona every two to four years. So it's still like the Holy Grail. It's still something special. But I, um, it's an interesting one. I, I think more important for me is I'd love to keep the men and women together. I feel like that one is not great. <laughs> That's my yeah, personal I opinion. Mean, yeah, for me, it's like, you know, I, I love the way our sports handles, like uh, the difference between male and female sports because there is – there was always equal price money, especially in, in ITU, mm -hmm. when it was not the case in many different sports. And then, like taking the the argument of yeah, we have to, we want to separate uh, locations so we can push the women more, uh, while the calculation I would just think is probably more like hey, we can get through 4,000 more athletes per weekend. <laughs> I think you're it right. It does not really serve, serve the purpose of supporting women in sports when the, the thought behind is probably profit yeah. uh, in general. No. So, I mean, and then I love the way that like we as a sport, we met at one place. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't happen anymore. And I think that's really sad. 
I, I agree with you. I, I, I feel like it's, uh, don't get me wrong, I want the women to have their own day, um, you know, and be able to cross the line first, whether it be Chelsea or Lucy or Annie or whoever, whoever's winning that Ironman World Championship, Daniela. Um, but I, I feel like the weekend there's something missing when we don't keep it all together. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, and otherwise, you know, it is what it is. I want to ask you another one, and this one's, you know, it's a, it's a difficult one, but drugs, drug use in the sport of triathlon. Um, you think it's pretty clean sport? Do you think, uh, you know, the ones that we hear about are one-offs or do you think the, the sport, you know, you talked about it earlier in the show, uh, you want to make sure that kids know it's possible to not be on drugs. Well, I wasn't on drugs and, and you weren't on drugs. So I think, you know, we're, we're showing that it's possible, but do you think there's more around or what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. So, I mean, being very close to the ground, I think it's just so, some performances, I, it's hard to explain to me, but I don't see a lot of them, uh, luckily. Mm. So I think there, there is still drugs around because cheating is within the human nature, uh, whether it's uh, in uh, partnerships, in business, or in sports. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and uh, for as long as uh, human uh, nature doesn't change, and it will, it won't for a very long time. Mm. Uh, drugs will stay and uh, in sports, and yeah. So this is, I think, we made a lot of progress um, uh, when it comes to fighting uh, for a clean sport. I think there is a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do, especially in a sport that is not organized within the Olympic hierarchy, um, or uh, such as Ironman. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so I feel I feel like it's possible to win a world championship clean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's not saying that every world champion was clean in the past. No. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot this year. I feel like this year with Colin Chartier sort of starting the year, everyone's like, what? <laughs> um, and then all the yelling and screaming that's been going on on, I don't know if you've seen like, whether it be Sam Laidlow saying, why are you guys challenging my world championships and screaming and, and people, I, I, I just, I'm like, wow. I didn't, you know, I remember, I remember in 2000 and one, two, three, I was world number one. I got to the top, you know, it was like, and, you, and like a, you rent it for a moment, right? You're never the, really the best. You just get to borrow it for a second. But I remember running with Rito Hoog, who you know well, another Swiss athlete, and, and uh, we were running in Noosa and I was like, oh, I think so-and-so might be on something, you know, as you do. There's always a bit of banter, right, amongst the boys. And, uh, you know, I'm pointing fingers at a couple of Europeans at the time, whatever, and he turned to me and said, Greg, everyone in Europe thinks you're on drugs. <laughs> And I took it as the highest compliment anybody could ever give me. Like, because uh, I wasn't on drugs. And it was like the fact that people thought that because I was doing pretty good, that I had to be on drugs. For me, I couldn't have been given a higher compliment. I was like, thank you, mate. I almost, yeah. I almost wanted to write Sam Laidlow the other day and say, mate, you think, do you think Javier Gomez, Alistair Brownlee, Jan Fredino haven't had people going, oh, come on, you know, because they are. They were the best. And anytime you get to be the best, everybody's going to be trying to pull you down or say that you couldn't have done it just through sheer hard work and talent and opportunity. Um, 
you know, it, it happens. So it's an interesting conversation. Um, it's a very interesting conversation. And you mentioned now the whole story with, with Sam Laidlow. Now it's, it's the thing is I, I, I disconnected a little bit the last couple of months, especially from like mm. the chit chat and, uh, and whatever. So, but it's, it feels a bit different this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it, it's not like he's the best. There is like allegations and, and uh, that always happened. It, there are, there is chatting about real stuff that happened mm-hmm. and like people making allegations through, I would say the formal way to make them because in my point of view, like I studied law and I have a speciality in sports law. This is the way to go. If, if, if someone like, well, I think it was the family from Rudy Fanberg. If mm-hmm. Rudy thinks he saw something Sam did, which is illegal, then actually he has at the moment or in the past, he had only one option to do is shout and then take the stuff himself to level the playing field. <laughs> now he has the ITA, like whistleblower hotline, where he can actually say, I saw this, please have a look at it. Right. So in my point of view, from my, my suggestion to Sam Leto is saying, thanks a lot. Now I get the official, um, I say, uh, investigation saying i'm clean yes yes instead of instead of sorry and this is i think where he got it very wrong uh instead of marking people publicly just like lance armstrong did while we had the omerta shutting everybody up who says anything about doping Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in my point of view this is a mechanism that is really good especially for people like Sam, who wants to prove his innocence. Mm-hmm. If he actually can prove it, then this is the best thing that ever could happen to him. Yeah, well, well <laughs> said, well he, said. He, yeah, mm. and, and in my point of view, his reaction was totally misplaced. He just could have said, thanks a lot, the investigation will show I'm clean. Yes, that's, that's what I, that's, you get excited about it. You go, yeah. you go, yeah, it's, it's all good. Um, exactly. No. I mean, you at the time, you only had the negative uh, tests yeah. and that uh, they weren't public, you know, yeah. but uh, so it's a smaller mechanism, but the whistleblower hotline, that's also, I mean, I'm very sure you're going to talk about PTO as well. What I said, we have our own structure now. We can implement our own doping system, anti-doping system now. So why don't you level the playing field at when nina croft was caught with epo he she said i only leveled the playing field you ask the people who dope they only everyone thinks i only leveled the playing field and at at that time the only thing they could do it was actually really just take it mm. now they have a mechanism a whistleblower hotline where they can say i think this guy's cheating please take him out of the game Mm-hmm. And then they don't have to cheat themselves. Yeah, and I think it's really. That, I think it's really good. That's really cool. I didn't even know about the whistleblower hotline, or the. I mean, I, I saw it written, but I kind of didn't know as well as you just framed it what it specifically yeah. was. And 
And it's one of those, you get enough people whistleblowing, you go, okay, well, let's, let's actually look into this. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah I think, I think that's fantastic. And, and you're right. You always hear everybody that gets done for drugs. Well, I thought I was, just, I'm just keeping up with, you know, what everyone, I believe everybody else is doing. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. But um, yeah, so the PTO, you, you brought them up. Reveal.ita.com for everyone who thinks he wants to uh, t- um, uh, tell them, uh, tell something. Revealita.com. Dot sports or something like that. It's reveal. Some, something like this. All right. You well, can show, um, you have to show notes uh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Or, yeah. No, that's awesome. I think that's really cool. Um, and, and to your point, Sam, if you're listening, and I think you do listen to the show a bit, mate, I am a huge fan. I think you're a really great guy. My, my only correspondence be just like, yeah, I'm just going to show you guys that I did it all clean. Um, exactly. And, and yeah, don't, get, so- don't get too worked up on it, mate. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that, mate. And um, I, I, I'm very conscious of your time. It's a Friday night with two kids, and I'm, I'm more conscious of the getting in trouble with your missus for, for chatting to a mate on the phone for an hour and a half and not helping out with the kids. But <laughs> I, I, I want to, I want to, um, I've thoroughly enjoyed catching up by the way. I, um, I, I want to finish off just with final four questions and then maybe some quick rapid fire. Um, yep. first one, what, what would you tell your 18 year old self? Uh, hmm. uh, that's a hard, that's tough. Um, uh, look for a good partner. Mm, I uh, love that. Yeah, that's yeah. A, what a great answer, mate. That is really cool. And I'm only nodding my head because my life changed is completely. Looking immediately. at you, <laughs> is she listening as well? No. <laughs> she never listens to this show. She, she, but I, um, no, for me, I, you know, I think about meeting Laura in 2000. It's like, oh. Everybody, I, I look at the pivotal point in my career. In Switzerland, right? Mm. Mm. In when, Valle de Jou, you met her. What was that? You met Laura in Valle de Jou, no? In Switzerland. No, no, it what wasn't was, Valle de Jou. You trained with, uh, in Switzerland. I was in Switzerland okay. in Valle de Jou, and then I was in Les Sin. Um, yeah. Spent a lot of time in Switzerland. I got a lot of Swiss friends, actually, with yeah. yourself and Matthias Hecht and Nino Scherzer yeah. and... Nicholas Birig and Rita Hook. My goodness, it's a it's a really good bunch of people over there. Spent a lot of time in Switzerland. No, Laura and I, we met kind of on the circuit in Australia, and then in Canada, Victoria, Canada. Right. She came up to train. I was training with Simon Whitfield. But um, all right, well, you think that one's hard? Next question: <laughs> Three people you'd want to have dinner with, non-family, but they can be living or dead. Um, Nelson Mandela, uh, Barack Obama. And you. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that's quite. <laughs> you Actually, go... After this the hour, oh. I think we would, would re- you would really enjoy a Swiss cheese fondue here. in a my cheese uh, fondue with Nelson Mandela, Barack Obama, and Jan Van Berkel. What an evening. I'm telling you, maybe some good wine. Wow, that'd be a treat. Nelson Mandela, wasn't he a legend? My goodness. It was, I just, I just had somebody on my show and we were, they, they had, they picked him as well. Um, yeah. and, uh, 27 years in prison and then unites a whole country and, uh, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It was really crazy. Um, very cool. Um, all right. 
Where do you see yourself in the next five years then? Um, see myself living a healthy life um, as a good father and uh, contributing um, to society through what I do in business, mm. but also next business. Mate, I love it. I think you and I are going to talk offline a little bit about different businesses. I think we're in the same kind of realm of interests, whether it be tech, business, gamification, everything else. Um, I've loved being in this, in this part, um, with our sporting backgrounds. It's very cool. All right, let's finish with some rapid fire questions. You ready? Got any fast pitch fibers left? Yep. (laughs) Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Best decade of music. Uh, I don't listen to music at all. Yeah, almost never. Yeah. What about for your kids? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm hypersensible, so music really like uh, um, triggers me almost too much. Yeah. Oh, really? It's very good for the yeah, brain. Yeah, I, I almost never listen to music. Yeah. Okay, that's the first time I've ever had that response. Um, <laughs> you've almost you've almost flattened me on that one. I'm like, wow. Never listen to music. Almost never, yeah. Maybe like on a like a hard training session, but then it's just like whatever comes up. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving on. Tea or coffee? Coffee. A lot of it. <laughs> First job you ever had? Uh, I was actually. Uh, uh, earning my first money as being an athlete. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You and Ashley gentle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, not as much as she did, but yeah. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, well, she said, I remember she was talking about, yeah, I got paid once to do five, uh, $500 in a little 5k running race. She's like, that's way better than, <laughs> she's like, I'll just do those every week. I, I think it was 10 bucks in a local mountain bike race. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> between Ashley and me uh, back then already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's doing quite well right now. Um, one book you would gift to somebody else? Mm, uh, uh, Le Petit Prince uh, to my son. Uh, sorry, uh, it's uh, The Little Prince from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Mm, can you I know get, it. Can I get that in English? Yeah, you can, oh. yeah. No, I don't it's, know. It's, it's, I'm very sure that you're every European, um, every European uh, listener knows it. All right. Text it to me it's, after the show uh, or WhatsApp it. What, yeah. WhatsApp it to me after it's, the show. From a, from a pilot uh, that was also a writer. Mm. And it's about uh, this imaginary figure of uh, a little uh, boy, little prince, the Petit Prince in, in French. And uh, he meets those uh, other figures, and it's uh, it has two surfaces. It's very superficial, but it's also very very philosophical. And um, it's it, the one thing you always a lot of people know is like uh, he the little prince asks uh, his counterpart to uh, paint him a sheep, hmm. and the person doesn't know to paint the sheep so he paints something that looks like a box Mm. just uh, and then he says yeah i 
this is your sheep. It's just in a box. And, <laughs> I love uh, it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very, it has two, it has two levels. So it's also, I mean, it's a, it's a story you uh, can talk to kids, but uh, adults can really um, learn uh, while reading it. Yeah. Is it like that? Um, I read a, we have a kid's book called um, Cake and Monkey. And monkey has this box and says there's a cat in it. And, and Cake, yeah, says, really Cake yeah. says, can I see it? And he says, no, it's a magical cat. And, yeah. and you can think whatever you want inside the box. And then so Cake thinks there's a dinosaur. And, and it's basically, you know, it gets you thinking, well, what is inside the box? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this whole thing, the, the, the most important, most famous quote from the book is, uh, the important things are sometimes only visible uh, not with the eyes. Mm, mm, that's exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, I love it. I love it. We'll, we'll still WhatsApp it over to me. I'll, I'll, I'll go check it out. Okay, next one. One Netflix streaming show you'd recommend? You know, Netflix, whatever you in Europe you have over there that you're streaming. Do you well, watch? I had my last dance <laughs> a couple of months ago and uh, that would be the last dance for my Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Love it. Good one. Greatest movie of all time. Mm. Yeah, that's I'm not a tough a movie one. Guy. No, um, you're not movie or music. Both. I'm not like. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. You keep yourself busy. Space Jam. <laughs> Let's go with Space Jam. Space <laughs> Jam. Stay on the basketball the theme. <laughs> all right, here we go. Mountains or beach? Definitely mountains. First car you owned? Yeah. It was a Volkswagen sponsored by the Swiss Triathlon Federation. <laughs> oh, I remember that. You all got VWs, didn't you? You got all these cool cars back then. The no, now I have a BMW, a fully electric, so that's really cool. Oh, look at you. Sport was good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one. If you could be the greatest athlete in any sport, what sport would it be? Uh, something that's only eight seconds instead of eight hours. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So what sport lasts eight seconds, anybody? Climbing. Yeah. yeah climbing. Olympic climbing is five. It's the shortest sports in the uh, um, Olympics. It's five seconds. Boy, they fly so up those walls. That's unbelievable to watch. Well, yeah. Mate, this has been really fantastic. Um, I know I lost you around 50 minutes with a, but apparently all of Switzerland lost its power, um, but we got you back. We got you well, back. We have solar power work now, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know that Switzerland's still in operations, everybody. Don't worry, it's all okay. Um, but look, like I said to you at that time, I've done 200 plus of these things and, almost half of them something happens and uh you know we carry on and it's a bit like your career mate we just keep pushing on no matter what and it's just been a thrill to hear your story um your story of perseverance just resonates with with all of us mate um you just keep moving you keep going i'm so excited about your future um with your family but you know mover and your business and and everywhere you're going um let's not be strangers let's not make this uh, another however long it's been since we, we last spoke because I thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show, mate. Same, yeah.
Yeah. Highly appreciated your time as well. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Also, your uh, listeners. I appreciate you, buddy. For everybody listening, you can find all the show notes, timestamps, and everything else at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. All right. Stay on the line, Jan. Appreciate you, buddy. Yeah.